What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Unfiltered Experience, where we have unfiltered conversations that are designed to change your perspectives, your attitudes, your beliefs about where it is that you're at, and more importantly, where it is that you're going. I am Christopher Rouse, joined by my beautiful co-host. This is Scott Goyette. I'm, I'm right this way. I'm, I'm this do way. it the fucking wrong way. Dude, it's like it's hard. It's hard to remember it's which like, way is which. You're, it's like, wait a minute. So, yeah, you're that way. That's right. Like that. You're right. Am I we're both this way. Both this way. We're right I don't here. Know. We're up on our heads. That might be a that might be another conversation. We're both this way. Both this way. <laughs> kind of weird. I don't. I'm not comfortable with that. You're not comfortable with that? No, I didn't, didn't feel right. The yin and yang. I don't know. That whole like this thing just didn't feel right. Oh yeah, felt, finger felt cuffs. Awkward. Wasn't that finger cuffs? <laughs> Look at Darlene. I, I just didn't. I just didn't like it. Darlene already knows what's up. She's like, what's up? Good evening. Hey, what's going on Hi, in Florida? Thank you, Darlene, for being here. You're definitely a part of the unfiltered family, the unfiltered crew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, uh, I was imagining bad things. So, and I think our Darlene was too. So what's going on, Scott? Go ahead. Happy Friday night. It is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time somewhere. And we're here at the unfiltered experience and uh, we have an exciting show tonight. So what's going on? How was your week? Uh, it's a beautiful week. I mean, doing all kinds of constructive things, living the dream, being super grateful, just just have I'm genuinely happy to be alive and I'm genuinely happy to share what my brilliance is with the world. And I just feel good about that this week. I'm in balance. I'm in balance. Wait a minute. You have brilliance? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> felt right you do i mean i you do you definitely have brilliance it felt, not, it felt right not, to say it I'm, that's not a, that's not a joke you do have brilliance <laughs> i just want to make sure right. you own that shit okay i'll take it i'll take it do you own that shit you're brilliant i mean you seriously are you no, you have you, changed me dude so i don't know if you know that or not but yeah. the goal love now the whole i'm wearing it right now oh by the way let's ladies and gentlemen let's 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 see if we're wearing our bracelets this week damn it it's like i just went to get a beer with like oh, you know you're killing me oh hold on a second <laughs> Okay, because I'm very responsible. This so there's my bleed bracelet. I'm bringing my bracelets. I'm putting them right here so that I don't even have my own. I don't have anybody's on. I have a weird thing with jewelry. So this is what I do. If I go out, let's talk about this. If I go out, I'll put. So I have like I have a thing. If I'm going out to like a festival or someplace that I think that I should have believe or my thing, I'll put it on. If I'm going to a business meeting, I'll put in the Rolex. If I'm going to another meeting, I have different things, but they sit next to my clothes. By the time I come in here, I'm stripped down. Like I used to always have earrings, all kinds of stuff, and now I'm like earrings. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Let me see. Let me see those oh, ears. Yeah, there's still little saw, holes in those. Yeah. Some big ears for some earrings, bro. Yeah. I've got my three. I still got yeah. my three. I'm like I a pirate. Can you, can you see them on camera? I don't even think you can see them anymore. I don't. know. I can't see anyway, dude. I'm 50. I need reading glass. I can't see anything. I just see a big blur. There's some dude with a hat and a bandana, and some guy wiping his hands next to him. That's all I get. 
Uh, we got some people in the house already. Darlene hey, is hey. in the house. Thank you so much for being here. Part of the unfiltered crew. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, we got Margaret in the house. She says, hey, what's up? Hi, Chris and Scott. What's going on? Thank you, Margaret, for being here. Um, and we got, so uh, Darlene says here, uh, make it up as we go. Yeah, this makes stuff. We don't even have to make it up. We just have to show up. That's that's all we do is just show up. That's what Scott and I do. We show up. That's I, that's yeah, all yeah, I do yeah. is I show up. I Lee is in the house. Fuck, what's up, Lee? My brother from another mother. Good to see you here, man. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Lee and I do clubhouse rooms, so thank you for being here. Um, Darlene says, I got mine, but I take it off when I get home. Yeah, she talking about underwear? Um, I'm pretty sure we're talking about wristbands still. Wristbands, we can, really? We can go with underwear. I don't know. Ooh, it's whatever. the unfiltered experience. I don't give a shit. What's up, Andrea? Hello, guys. Hello. (laughs) We got Jacqueline, the Irish bomb in the house. What's up, Jacqueline? Thank you so much for being here. And oh, my God, we have Shira's in the house. And they're coming. They're going to be on next week. They're They're going to be be on next week. They're going to be our guests next week. That's awesome. I I predict that that show is going to be an amazing show. You predict that? I'm pretty good at predictions, too. You are. Yeah. I I, I think it's going to be an amazing conversation. Yeah, October 22nd, guys, put it in your, I think it's October 22nd. I'm just fucking, before I spew that shit out. Um, and speaking I, predict, of glasses, I predict that somebody sings part of the Brady Bunch theme on that show. I also predict that. You're, you're going to sing it right now. Yeah, October 22nd. You're going to sing it right now. Go ahead. There's a story of a man named Brady. We were living, I don't even remember the whole thing, but I think that's how it's going to roll, dude. Oh, I was going to do the Partridge family after that, but if you're not going to fucking do the Oh, Brady, dude, Danny gonna... Partridge, love oh. those Keith hey, Parkers, you know man. I had a I had an infatuation with how he feathered his hair. I swear to God, I was a little boy yeah. and I'd watch him. I'm like, dude, I want my I'm not even making a joke about this, Scott. I don't even know if you know this. I'd have my mom feather my hair and I would go to sleep with my hair perfect, like laid down. So when I woke up, my hair would still be feathered. That's not a joke. Okay. If my mom is on right now, she's gonna have the inverse thought of this. My mom used to wake me up in the morning early and she'd do this. She had this special brush and my hair feathered real easily and I was long. And she used to feather my hair, and I'd be sitting with a turtleneck on, going to private school, going, "What the hell are you doing to my head?" And then I'd look at him, like, kind of looks cool. And I'd walk out the door, like, "Okay." It's almost like I was like her little like hair feathering model. I was like, "Stop it!" it but I will say this: it actually did look good. I look back at pictures; it looks silly, totally seventies, but flawlessly. Leif Garrett, the Leif Garrett. Oh yeah. Oh, oh God, you, had, yeah. you had to have the like you had three inch like yeah. if you had the feather and then you saw the yeah, hair down. It was cool. Me. It was cool. She did. Yeah. She did good work in me. Thanks, mom. Appreciate. I want to. I want to see those pictures because I think I've showed you pictures of me with long hair, but I don't uh, think I've my sister. My sister will get on here. She'll drop those. She's got time. Oh. Actually, she just shared some. You saw. You commented on them. Well, no, I saw. I see. You were feathers. a little boy. You were a little boy. I didn't uh, see. Me. There's some feathered hair. I'll get you some teenage ones where I'm trying okay. to be cool intentionally. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of trying to be cool intentionally, actually has nothing to do with that. But um, today. Chris and I are always talking about what are some ways that we can work through our trauma? What are some ways we can do the reflective work to become even more amazing individuals? And there's a lot of ways. There's many ways. One of the ways that Chris and I have been talking about is plant medicine. We've had some guests talking about plant medicine. We've also explored other hallucinogens. One of the things I've been starting to explore and look into more deeply is ketamine therapy. And we have a guest tonight, and I'm extremely excited because I feel like she is one of the unfiltered family, the unfiltered crew, without question. Oh, yeah. um, she, she probably, 
there's a good chance Chris is going to kick me off the show and it's going to be his new co-host. And, and, and I'm going to accept that. And if I do get kicked off, I'll be off doing ketamine therapy and healing, dealing with my loss. Um, without further ado, this is our amazing guest this evening, Allie Waddell. Hello. Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. Allie, how are you doing tonight? Good. I was appreciating your silly conversation from feathered hair to finger traps. There you go. There, there you go. There you go. I was like Chinese finger traps. Uh-huh. Well, you here's here's the truth, Allie. You 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 should have come back here. You should go back and look at some of our old shows because this actually started off as a Friday night live situation. And towards the end, when Scott and I were like, we started this in the middle of COVID, like just a way our way of bringing motivation and inspiration and some hilarity to people that were going through the lockdown and everything else that was going on. And we got to the latter part of last year. And we're like, what do we want to do with this? And we're like, well, let's do something with this. And that's when we took Friday Night Live and created the unfiltered experience. But towards the latter part of last year, we were just like doing Friday Night Lives. Like I was doing it from my balcony or whatever. We were having drinks. It was like, just fuck yeah. it. We're just showing up at a bar. Let's just have a good time. And that's kind of what the, 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 the basis of the show is, is really just us sitting at a bar or a coffee shop, having a great conversation. And you guys here who are watching us live or on the replay, thank you so much for being here. Um, you guys are part of the crew. You guys are part of the, what's who's in the restaurant, whatever it is. So if you guys have questions, if you have comments, please, please share them. We would love to, uh, expose them and share them. Of course, Teresa's in the house. What's up? Thank you so much for being here from Georgia, Teresa. We appreciate you uh, sending lots of love your way and to your family's way. We got Andrea in the house. What's up? She says, hello, hello, Allie. Hello. So yes, yes, yes. We got Lee's in the house talking about Lake Garrett because I know he probably feathered his hair as well. I'm pretty sure about that. Oh, we so, uh, so we're excited for this conversation and we're you, you already alluded to it. Ketamine therapy. We've been talking about different plant-based modalities. We've been talking about acid. We've been talking about mushrooms. Uh, I personally explored with uh, Cambo, which is the Amazonian tree frog poison. I did that a couple of years ago. So this will be a great conversation for us tonight. So if you guys are watching this, please take notes. And of course, as always, when we give you the, the information later on in the show, connect with Allie directly. So um, Scott, kick us off in the conversation tonight, because I know that you're going to be personally invested in this conversation. So yeah. I diverge the mic to you. Thank you. Yeah, so um, so Ali, um, her partner Ken, and I have been talking about ways that we can help the collective to do reflective work. And what I mean by reflective work is do the deep work and start to manage trauma. Ketamine is one way. Um, mushrooms are one way. Talk therapy is one way. You know, taking coaching classes with us or others is one way. What I want people to start doing is awakening and checking in with the different modalities that might serve them so they get off autopilot. We talk about this all the time, all the time. We've got our head down and we're going and we're going and going. We keep saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm not like them, I'm fine, I'm fine. Everything's going okay. That's not the reality. Literally all of us are about to just be a train wreck. We're like, you see it. We're, we're watching people who are, you know, there's a lot of mental issues going on. A lot of people just losing it. There's divisiveness and all these things are happening because we've been on autopilot and we can't take it anymore. There's overload of information. And today we want to talk about one methodology that maybe we can back up and take a close look at ourselves and start healing. And again, this is one way. And I think it's an interesting way. And in fact, Ali will tell you, I'm going to try this method myself because I'm a big fan of not just preaching things, but I practice what I preach. And anything that you'll learn about me is I've probably tried everything because <laughs> I've probably tried everything. And, and here's my thought. 
if you're suffering or if you want to try, you know, a different methodology to heal, I don't want to just throw trashy advice at you and say you should or shouldn't do that. I want to say, here's my experience. Maybe this will be your experience. So, Allie, let's start talking about what ketamine therapy is. Talk about, you know, specifically, you know, what ketamine is mm -hmm. in relation to, you know, other medicines, plant medicines or um, pathways for us to seek healing. And then I want to really dive in because you and I had this conversation the other day. Who are the people? What's that perfect person that you're seeing the best results with? Who's really benefiting from this therapy? Yeah, well, there's so, so many ways to start, but I think the base knowledge for most people is just what is ketamine. Um, so ketamine is an anesthesia. It has a very fascinating backstory. It was actually developed during Vietnam. So prior to Vietnam, um, the main anesthesia was morphine. But what they found is on battlefronts, they were hitting guys with morphine and they were actually ODing them because they were already injured, they're losing blood, and then um, opioids slow down your, uh, your breath rate, slow down your blood pressure, and they would basically just die on the battlefield. And so they needed to come up with an anesthesia that would not have those two uh, respiratory and heart effects. So they came up with ketamine. And so they used to call it the buddy drug. And so it's been used. It's it's the world's most widely used anesthesia. It's on the World Health Organization's must have medications for every country in the planet. Um, a lot of people have heard of it. I get a lot. Oh, that's a horse tranquilizer. <laughs> or didn't they use that <laughs> my dog? And they do. They use it in vet offices a lot because it's the anesthesia that you can use where you don't have to intubate or put a breathing tube in. So imagine that's a lot easier on Fluffy. <laughs> than like having to put a breathing tube, you know, in a gorilla or whatever animal you're going to use. Um, and then also it's used on kids a lot for the same reason. So like if your kid falls, slices their hand open, they don't want to pull put them under full anesthesia. They'll give them some ketamine and it's a way for them um, to, to have some pain relief and use the anesthesia. Um, and then about 15 to 20 years ago, they started to discover, and the VA actually discovered this initially, was they were treating soldiers post-burn issues. So uh, as you can imagine, blast issues where large percentages of your body are covered in burns, and they have to actually clean them every day. And everybody in the medical field says that's probably the most painful injury you can go through as a human, is to have mass burns. And so they were treating half one center was treating that pain relief with opioids while the other center was treating it with ketamine. And all of a sudden they realized the soldiers that were being treated with ketamine were actually verbally processing with the nurses afterward. And they weren't having fear dreams and their PTSD wasn't as bad and they weren't being reactive. And so all of a sudden the doctors in the VA were like, wait, wait, what's happening here? And so that's when it initially got studied. Um, and it's really a fascinating uh, medication. And so now for about the last 10 years and really ramping up in the last three, ketamine infusion therapy is starting to pop up all, all over the country. There's about 400 clinics nationally now. Um, it's a completely legal substance. That's why for people that are interested in, 
you know, exploring psychedelics, it's a really great starter psychedelic because it's legal <laughs> and you can get it in a controlled medical environment where you can feel very safe and it's very structured. And the other beautiful thing about it is it's the shortest acting. It's one of the shortest acting psychedelics. So the experience at Illuma is only an hour. So even if you have a busy life, you can come in get your ketamine treatment an hour and then go about your day. Whereas, you know, ayahuasca or psilocybin or LSD, five to 12 to 24 hours, depending on what substance you're using. Um, and so we use it in the clinic in a therapeutic setting, um, but really set up like a med spa. So you come in, you do a meditation, we hook you up with the IV, um, you do the session again, the IV itself is about an hour, and then you recover for about 15 or 20 minutes and you go on your way. Typically people come in for around six sessions over four to six weeks and, and the results are unbelievable. You know, over 80% of our clients see a rapid reduction in their symptomality for anxiety, depression, stress disorder, PTSD, eating disorders, fibromyalgia, migraines. I mean, it works on this very wide range of people. It works very quickly. It almost has zero side effects. So there ain't nothing on the mental health field that has anything like that. So it's a, it's a fascinating, fascinating medication and treatment. So one of the things that just really hit me that you said is you were talking about fibromyalgia. And I, I think it's it's very interesting because Chris, um, you know, he has some back issues and he has a lot of like constant throbbing pain. And, and I've noticed as I'm getting older, I'll have more pain. Like recently, I've been like saying my knees and my joints, I just feel inflammation. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in the mind, body, spirit connection, like huge believer that everything's the, the oneness factor. And so one of the things that, you know, really resonated with me when I was talking with you and Ken, your partner about this is the idea that I'm really going to take a close look at myself because I'm a big believer that I always look in the mirror. I'm convinced that I'm always looking who is Scott going to the higher self. I'm a big believer, but I was also a big believer pre COVID that I was the most grateful person on the planet. I'm so grateful. And then COVID hit. And I realized I might have been at 50% gratitude because all of a sudden I'm like, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. And I'm like, whoa, there was a lot of room for improvement. So I'm interested in, am I full of shit? And I believe that I look deep in the mirror and I'm awakened. And, and I'm always willing to admit I'm wrong. I love it because here's my thought. If I'm wrong, that means that's opportunity for me to grow. Mm -hmm. I'm all in. So I cannot wait to have you back and we're talking about this and we watch and we laugh and go, yeah, you were convinced you were at the pinnacle <laughs> in that spot and you're totally full of shit. Like, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I want people to start exploring whether it's ketamine or whatever else ways to go more deep and take a close look. So to that point of fibromyalgia, I'm very interested to see does some of my physical pain go away that's being manifested because of spiritual or egoic issues. And so yeah. we're going to get Chris on this next. We're going to fly him in Austin for a weekend. We're going to go out to my, in fact, you and Ken are going to be invited. We're going to go out. So I got a little late cabin out in Spicewood. We're going to cook barbecue. We're going to get Chris on a ketamine drip. And then we're just going to look at Chris and see if he looks better. We're going to use Chris. Chris Ask is going to be really our introspective questions. Absolutely. Because we talked about the integration. We drip Chris on Friday and the whole weekend we just enjoy Chris. Yeah, exactly. and we integrate Chris in a perfect way. We just change his inner critic, and we completely shift it. It's going to be beautiful. 
and I'm the initial guinea pig, Chris. If I make it through six sessions, I know you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. I'm gonna watch. No, so here's the deal. If you see, I want to see it on video. I want to see it on video, though. I'll be. I'll we have, be to, video, we have to video the session. Can we do that? Can we do that? You could. Uh, to be honest with you, the session is not very exciting because yeah, you're literally like sitting there, kind of with an eye mask on, kind of in this like yeah, zen out no state. Way. So the session, but afterward yeah. is interesting because uh, yeah, you know, live on the creates, street, live on the street with Chris and Scott. Chris exactly. is like, or Scott's like, <laughs> it creates amazing, you know fascinating thing is to look at the brain on ketamine in an fMRI and they've done oh, yeah. these images now it looks actually relatively similar to psilocybin that's what and I was that is you. yeah that is neuroplasticity so basically what ketamine does is after years or decades of repetitive thoughts we are pattern driven animals we are real good <laughs> at thinking what we're good about and we also through our trauma parts of our brain literally start to atrophy. That's why you cannot think your way out of a problem if you're not changing your state. Yep. You can't, if everybody could just think their way out of their <laughs> shithole, yeah. nobody would be in a shithole. I mean, that's right. just the reality. You need different tools. You know, that's my, I love that you're all talking about tools. I, I give this analogy a lot. It's like, okay, you walked up and you're walking down this path and you hit like a, like a berm, you know, like, and you have a shovel and you're like, oh, great. This is great. I have a shovel. This is awesome. Okay. Now you hit a brick wall. Well, you can get through the brick wall with a damn shovel <laughs> if you really wanted to, but wouldn't it be easier if you had a sledgehammer? Like it's like, depending on what's coming up, you need just a different tool. That doesn't mean your other tool is stupid or it didn't work or it's not functional. It just means you're up against something new that you need to explore and get creative around what is the next tool. And for many people, you know, COVID has reamed people across the coals. A lot of people, it's been a huge wake up call for a lot of people, which is a giant opportunity if you want to look at it like that. But for many people, it's sent them into crisis. So what we've seen, we have this very wide range of clients. We have very severe mental health clients, like straight off suicide watch on seven meds, been clinically diagnosed for most of their life in and out of maybe facilities even. And for them, it has sent them even deeper. So the amount of suicidal ideation we're seeing, the amount of things that these things all used to work to at least keep them kind of, you know, even. And now it's like dropped off. And then we have we work with a lot of high performer, kind of high achiever, even just high functioning, you know, people. But COVID has kicked their asses, too. <laughs> you know, and so people who have never struggled because, God forbid, you admit there's something wrong with you or like what I like Scott to say, you're just delusional. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. I mean, the amount of life coaches that I've talked to that say, I don't need to do ketamine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm like, <laughs> Well, hopefully, I was a, a breath of don't fresh hire that. Person. I'll, I'll sign. I'll sign up. I'll sign up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so whatever. it's just really interesting to see how things affect different people, and that we have found a tool that works for such a wide range of people. You know. Okay, so I got to ask you the question. I got to ask yeah. you the question, just straight out the bat. What has been your experience with the therapy, and why did you get involved with it in the first place? Yeah. 
Um, I'll go through our backstory first and then I'll, I'll end with kind of my personal experience. So I have been, I have, I have a bipolar father who was an addict growing up. Uh, my mom left when I was 13, even though I had a relationship with her, she moved to the other side of the country. I have a, you know, for me, significant trauma. I'm really big on not comparing trauma. Big T trauma doesn't matter to little T trauma. Your trauma is your trauma. You get to, you get to own it. It's impacting you. Um, and so I coped in a lot of unhealthy ways. I was the happy kid. I was never allowed to be sad because everybody else in my family was angry. They were always fighting. And so I thought that I needed that my role in life was to be happy chipper, do well, super sunshine girl. Um, and I played that role beautifully. You know, it fits with my personality. I'm an uber extrovert. <laughs> and so it really worked until it didn't, because what I was told through that lesson was bad feelings are not okay. It's not okay to be sad. It's definitely not okay to be angry. It's not okay to be ashamed. And so I just trash compacted that <laughs> and just thought, and then use every unhealthy coping mechanism you could to pretend like I wasn't feeling those things. So I ate my feelings and I became bulimic. I drank my feelings and was a big party girl, maybe not, you know, classified as an addict, but definitely coped really hard with food and alcohol. I had sex so I didn't have to feel. I fell in love so I didn't have to feel. I checked out on my phone so I didn't have to feel. I watched TV so I didn't have to feel. Um, and that goes well until <laughs> it doesn't, until you end up on your knees, you know, at some point saying, I can't do this anymore, you know, and that was in my mid thirties and I landed and I was in California living a life I hated thinking that I should love it. And I said, I'm either going to kill my, and I'd struggle with suicidal ideation in secret for most of, for at least 15 years at that point, you know, and in raging eating disorder in the wellness industry, nobody ever knew. My ex-husband didn't know. My family didn't know. I was a, I'm a really good liar, you know, number one to myself and number two to other people. And when I hit my knees and said, there needs to be something else, the universe did a really interesting thing, which it does when you decide to come in alignment, things start to fall into place like they're supposed to. And my mom, who I've never had a real close relationship to, sent me a Brene Brown book. She sent me The Gifts of Imperfections. And to be honest with you, that was that was the tipping point of me, of her really saying, in order to get better, you have to own your story. You cannot live inside shame and pretend you're going to fix yourself and get better. It's a delusion. It is your addiction lying to you that you can get better without sharing what really is happening. But that was that's the fear that everybody has. If anybody ever knew how fucking crazy I am, do you know what would happen? My whole life would fall apart. <laughs> and the most hilarious lie, that is just this funny lie because the reality is the second you own it and you say it, People flock to your ass, <laughs> business-wise, personal-wise, opportunity-wise, because the universe finally trusts you that you're okay to handle it because you, you create this sense of separation and isolation by living in your shame hole. And, you know, it just really 
you know, was a really terrible experience, you know, but it was so empowering when I finally owned, especially my eating disorder and came out about it and just inbox flood. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I do that too. I do that too. I can't believe you. Blah, 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 blah. You know, when I started to own that and then I started to really get on the healing path and I moved back to Texas and I changed my life. And then of course, this magical human <laughs> walked up to me at the gym <laughs> And said, I need to know you. And I was like, excuse hey, me, you're very cute. Maybe you are right. Jen's <laughs> <laughs> a good looking I guy. I think you are correct, sir. You're right. Um, and it was so this, is you, this is your partner, right? Yeah, this is my okay. partner in all things, partner in business and partner in life. And he walked up to me and said, I need to know you. And within 30 minutes, we talked about Joe Rogan and plant medicine and personal work. And then the next day we were talking about relationships. I mean, it was like dropping deep immediately. And we have been inseparable since that day. And that's over five years ago. And when we got together, we were both really on this healing journey. And we started being very intentional about using psychedelics to heal. And he had on his same path, he had, he's type A, hyper-driven, alcoholic father, Never was enough. <laughs> proof, 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 proof. Until again, you're having panic attacks in your 40 as a as a cardiac anesthesiologist. Because you can't hold the Superman cape up anymore. You can't be as per you can't be perfect enough, you know. And he felt the same way. He started using LSD and psilocybin to heal himself. And so then we moved forward with that. And about three years, three years ago, actually, this month. The first, um, it's called ASKP, the American Society of Ketamine Providers. Their first conference was in Austin. And he had started hearing kind of whispers of ketamine through anesthesia, like it's starting to get used, blah, blah, blah. And he went. And, you know, again, as soon as you get into alignment, the universe goes, blah, blah, blah. Here, look, here's your lit up path that you've been wandering through the desert looking for over there. It's so true. Um, I just I just want to interrupt yeah. you for a second. Mark is gonna, Mark says here he says we all need help. Look deep in that accountability mirror if you want. If I if you say that I'm fine, it's total bullshit. You know it's so true. It's like being aware and being awake of what it is that we're tolerating and that we're putting up with. Um, what was that for you? What was that moment for you where you decided that you were done tolerating the stuff and that you were really ready to jump knee deep, body deep into you know changing your perspectives about life. I mean, I think the interesting thing, I think the universe first taps you on the shoulder and then it kind of grabs you by the arm and like shakes you. And then finally it'll hit you over the head with a fucking battering ram. If you, <laughs> if I you don't want to listen. The freight train. Yeah, the and, freight train comes. Eventually it's yeah, like you can't exactly. avoid the freight and train. Like, it's okay. you. <laughs> you don't want to listen the first time or the second time or the sixth yeah. time or you didn't like that sign because it wasn't pretty enough for you. Or <laughs> it should whatever. be signier. I heard that earlier. The sign should be signier. Yeah, we started with a feather tickle. We did a little poke. We did a little arm punch. Then you get a face punch. By the time you're at freight train, it's like, bro or ma'am, you need to do some listening because. And I'm I'm a freight trainer. I'm like yeah. I'm like getting punched in the face. I'm like I need the train. Bring the train. Bring the train. I need my sign. So, exactly, and I think that's you. what it was for me, especially that first time. I luckily have trained myself in the last few years, and I think this is you know very in line with Scott's work is when you start to, I always say healing is an act of remembrance. 
you're perfect the way you are. You actually have all the skill set, all the knowledge, everything you need. You've just forgotten and your lens has gotten cloudy as shit. <laughs> so you just need to wipe that thing off so that you can get back into alignment and listen. And that's the other thing is we have these really beautiful inner healers that can tell us what's going on. But when you have silenced them for years, if not decades, you can't hear them. The volume is down. <laughs> and so you need actual practices that turn that volume back up and to remind yourself, oh, this isn't my inner bitch telling me to do something stupid, which is another thing that I always like to say is like, your inner bitch is not God. <laughs> like she's not being like, God's not up there being like, you fat, dumb bitch. You should probably not do that. That is not your inner. That's not your inner God. That's your trauma. No. Oh yeah. That's the, they, listen, Ali, we talk about this all the time. There's conscious mind, there's unconscious mind, super conscious. On the way from conscious to superconscious, AKA God, we have this beautiful thing called unconscious mind that dictates what and where we are in life. And that's been programmed by mom and dad, teacher, gym mm -hmm. teacher, old self, sister, all the people said, you can't, you're not good enough, don't, don't. And that's all you're hearing in your own voice. And it's literally another lens we need to clean, reprogram, because oh, that man. could be the motivator all day long. We could be listening to, you can, you're enough, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're infinite, because that's truth. And we've got this we're not enough. And we repeatedly get abused by this inner critic, inner bitch that we've allowed to be created. Part of it we create, part of it we allow to be created. But here's the deal. That can be reprogrammed. Our whole life can change. Cleanse the lens to super conscious God, universe, creator. And holy crap, this world changes. And ketamine is one tool to start that cleansing process. Yeah. And it can be worked in conjunction with others. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that falls right in line with how mine work. You know, I had done so much personal work by the time we opened the clinic that I thought I was in the best place of my life. Like that is legitimately I was like, what is this going to do for me? I am amazing. Killing. I got it all figured out. Relationship. I have a clinic. I am amazing. Um, and so I was like, this will be a fun experiment. I'm going to do it. And I'm perfectly good. <laughs> I can totally relate. Go for it. I can totally relate. Yep. Every time I've, I've done this. Iowa, Allie, I, I, I've done, I, I was like a, a master at like, you know, taking mass quantities of mushrooms and finding the depths of the universe. Then I went to ayahuasca. Then I had these beautiful San Pedro journeys. Then I met with shaman. Then I met like, I kept going and going every time. I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> now I'm at a point where I go, like, so I go, I don't get it. What's next. What's next. I'm doing good. I'm yeah. on the right path. I may be semi-awakened, but oh my goodness, there's more. And that's exactly. the beauty of the awareness of, I, my analogy is always this, you're a city of gold, there's ash put all over you. Mm -hmm. So if you never remove the ash and we're looking at one another, all I see is ash, there's Christopher ash, there's Ali ash, here's Scott ash. But when I start to see a little bit of the gold and I start brushing it away, that's what it's happening. Ayahuasca mm -hmm. journey, Ooh, gold, some talk therapy, gold, Western medicine, gold. And suddenly I start to recognize the infinite possibility the beauty of the gold within, but it's an ever going process. Completely. It's continuing. So to your point, you got a coach who says, I don't need that. I, I would literally just be going, if you think you need something before you even conceptualize or understand it, it, then your, your ego is speaking and not your mm -hmm. heart. Because 
at the very least, listen more and explore it because it showed up by the universe in discussion that you're talking. So at the very least, explore it. Yeah. At the very sure. least. Yeah. Yeah. The, the beautiful thing about my ketamine journey was, again, I started from this hilarious egoic place of I'm doing really well. And then I cried for a week <laughs> between wow. infusion two and infusion three for seven days. I cried basically almost every day. And that's one of ketamine superpowers. It's an emotional unpacker. It will bring everything to the surface. And some of the stuff, like I didn't have a specific thing I was crying about, but I had four decades of grief and shame and sadness and loss that I had never allowed myself to feel. And luckily I have the tools to go like, I know this is, I need to sit in it. That's what I'm not good at. I move so I don't have to feel. Um, and the other thing that was hilarious was over my five years prior of personal growth, I made my inner bitch. Her name is Kayla. She's a white trash stripper. Damn it. That's my daughter's name. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. It's spelled damn, I knew that was coming. I, I was like, I was like, couldn't you pick any other name? I actually didn't name her. My old best friend named her. Okay. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, I had made her start. Keep her off the pole, Scott. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Do your best. Um, I had made her speak to me a lot kinder. Like she used to be real terrible. And over the years, I understood that that wasn't helpful. But she's, and so I thought, oh, I got rid of her. Like she's not really there anymore. And what ketamine really showed me was I had convinced myself that she was my intrinsic motivation because I was still continuously operating from this place of unworthiness. And that's what was leading me. And I didn't really know that. I really didn't. Like I thought I was showing up because that's what I wanted, but I was showing up because I, because my dad had told me that the worst thing you can ever do was to be lazy, that I'm never going to be enough to compete with all these like insanely hot girls that, you know, like all of these, all of this programming, that's Lovely really noise. why I was sh showing up, you know? And when she, ketamine silenced her and it took me almost eight months to rebuild my intrinsic motivation because I didn't know how to operate without it. I really did not know how to operate from a place of worthiness and self-love, which is what ketamine gave me. And so for a time period after ketamine, I felt like I lost my edge. I was like, oh, if I'm not operating from this frenzied inside state of anxiety, how am I going to be a go-getter? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you how much I love that. And I can't tell you how many people who are listening or going to listen in the future need to hear that message because I'll tell you a, a story. When I was playing basketball in college, my dream was always to play for Bobby Knight because I thought it'd be cool because he threw chairs at people. And I thought that was amazing because I'm like, he he cares about us so much. He wants to physically hurt us. So I'm but 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 you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not hyper competitive that somebody says you can't like this is not a joke and you guys are going to laugh at this. And so I cannot wait to see what ketamine would do to me in this situation. When I would do tri triathlons or marathons before I would start, I would literally say this. If I don't hit a blank time. So whatever, let's just say that at the time I was running 650 miles for a half marathon and running a half marathon. I would say if I don't get 645s, then my whole family would be slaughtered and it's my fault. And I would run the race with that belief. 
And I would go literally crazy. I'd be running by people. My knees are hurt. My ankle. I would literally drive myself nuts. I would be playing basketball in an actual college basketball game. If I don't hit this shot, my family's going to be slaughtered. That is messed up. Mm-hmm. But that's the way my brain thought because I thought it had to be this horrific, like if like if this happens or this doesn't. And on my own, with the work that I've done, the reflective work I've done now, I just go say, how blessed am I to play? But I'll see that coming out there. Some young kid kind of like screws with me when we're playing at Lifetime. And he says, um, you know, you can't hang with me. I'm like, bro, you don't know me, buddy. And all of a sudden, this voice comes out and I'm like, I will fucking like, dominate you. I, I suddenly start kind of going like this. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if you know who you're talking to. And suddenly, and I'm like, are you serious? I'll I can't wait. And I'm serious. I cannot wait to watch that stuff that I because this is exactly why I want to do this, because I, I see this. There's there's lies I've told myself to keep myself in check. And, and I want to watch that melt away. And I want that space. I want that freedom to put something else in its space. Because why is my motivator or my my jet fuel something that's that's negative and a response versus something organic? Like I'm sharing my brilliance with the world because I speak it. I share it. I coach on it. But I know there's residue from the old me because I watch it show up in the gym. I watch it show up in competitive environments. I have a dilemma where I say we need to be collaborative, not competitive. And then that person says something I'm like, except with them. <laughs> and I and I see the I'm like, oh, I'm so full of shit. And and I've I, I started yelling at a kid the other day at the gym and I'm like, go after yourself. And I started getting really I'm like, you're 50 years old. No, I'm serious. You were I'm telling thinking, the kid to go fuck himself? He wasn't actually a kid. He was 30-something. He's bigger than me. But I'm like, you know, if you want to bring this to this space, you can go blank Ooh. yourself. And that's ridiculous. And I, I I haven't been in that space in a while. And you know why I'm there? As a reminder that I need more work. And mm-hmm. I love the universe for that. I think it's mm-hmm. beautiful because I can teach it. I get it. But there's things where we need another tool. And you started the conversation with this, Ali so perfectly and there's no question that the universe aligned us so when i'm sharing my coaching program with you guys you're gonna go perfectly placed thanks universe and i'm gonna be sitting there in the chair coming off crying for a week and you're gonna go perfectly placed and and honestly and then we're gonna bring chris in and we're gonna have a weekend of entertainment watching his integration at the lake house it's just perfectly placed yeah. Thank you, universe. All right. So I have a question. I know we've already been talking for 41 minutes. So I want to make sure I get this question in because we've already been just jamming. So thank you guys for very much. So what does ketamine therapy feel like? We think about ketamine. I think about ketamine that my mother would go into surgeries and she would say, please don't give me ketamine because I would come out, come out of it with horrible nightmares. And I was there to see that. So what is the experience of going through ketamine therapy? Walk us through the process. It's in a clinical environment. It's safe. It's prescribed. Walk us through that experience from your perspective. Yeah. Number one, explaining psychedelics to people who haven't done psychedelics is a challenge, as you can imagine. Um, But the interesting thing about ketamine versus typical psychedelics, that would be LSD, psilocybin, mm, MDMA, um, is those are what are called conscious state psychedelics. So you can do a heroic dose of mushrooms or LSD and your eyes are open and things might perceive as different, 
but you're still interacting in conscious space. So the difference with ketamine is ketamine is a subconscious medication. So it's basically almost like a lucid dream. So typically you have your eyes closed, you have a mask on. A lot of people do have visuals. Um, most people have visuals, some do not. Um, and it's a very wave-like experience. So in my, my personal experience, in a way I like to explain it, is I'm on a little bit of, I'm on like a little roller coaster. And I'm on a roller coaster and we're going along and Ketamine's like, your subconscious is like, why don't we look at this? <laughs> and it will bring something up and then you'll kind of explore it and you'll kind of go through it and then it'll go like, okay. And then it'll dive into something else. Mine is very colorful. So I have these huge color waves. So like I'll go through something around grief and everything in my vision will be green and it'll be things that like visions that are coming up that are green, that are about grief or forgiveness or whatever I'm working on through that session. Um, and it's also not really because it's dealing with subconscious. It's not highly controllable. So it's pretty easy to go in, not with heroic doses, but to go in with intentions with psychedelics and really try to hone in on, I want to work on this. Is that ketamine, the intention? Yeah, ketamine, you can do that. But because it's dealing with your subconscious mind, it's not as pinpointable. So what I like to tell people is to have very large um, kind of concentrations. So I like to have people start out by naming three things you'd like more of in your life and three things you'd like to let go of. And each session, just concentrate on one of those things. Like I would like to know how to bring more love into my life. How can I feel more love? How can I be love? How can I give love? Like those are the kind of things. And when you're in the session, you're almost like doing a mantra, love, love, love. And things will come up for you to work through. Um, and so you come in for a series of six infusions. The first one, we do a relatively low dose. It's based on your weight. We call that shaking hands with the drug. And for most people, it feels like you've had a few margaritas or, <laughs> you know, you're pretty, you're a little loopy, but most people stay in the room, what we call stay in the room. So they don't dissociate. They're in the room, but they feel slightly altered at those lower states. A lot of people get a really large sense of connection. That's another beautiful thing that ketamine does. First off, starting with connection to ourselves, because in the end, that's what it's all about. And then connection to others. So remembering we're all part of this universe together. And there's a lot of comfort in that, especially over, you know, the last 18 months where we've been so disconnected, remembering those connections and a lot of waves of gratitude. So it's super thankful for those you love, what's in your life, all that kind of stuff. And then we typically increase your dose over time. And for most clients, we're going for dissociation. So ketamine is in a class by itself as a dissociative. There's a few others drugs, but it's one of it's the main drug. And dissociation means you're actually having an out-of-body experience. So you're actually leaving your body. And this is terrifying for control freaks. <laughs> this for Hello. People, for people with anxiety, that brings up a lot of fear because the background yeah. fear of that is I'm dead. I'm dying. I'm out of control and I death grip my life and how do I let go? And so the big background lesson to ketamine and I think to all psychedelics is surrender. Can you surrender? Can you really trust the universe? Like, can you trust that if you let go, you're okay. And for people who have controlled everything their whole lives, they don't fundamentally believe that. Mm. And I so, can't wait to try it. 
Ali, we have a we have a fantastic question because I've been just uh, oh, glancing at yeah. some of the some of the questions and yes. you and I had this Colleen, conversation. That's it right there. You nailed yep. it. But let me just Colleen is asking, curious to understand how does this cure addictive behaviors? But real quick before we preface that, because I want to say something. Yeah. So sure. we've got, you know, drugs like um, MDMA or cocaine. MDMA is a beautiful serotonin dump. So you're going to feel good. You don't have to make any effort. And it's going to yeah. bring you in a place where you feel euphoric. The touch feels good. The dance feels good. Everything's wonderful. Cocaine's a beautiful dopamine rush. It's another one of those mood enhancers where you're going to say, why well, feel good? What comes up must come down. Those are escapist drugs. Now, can MDMA be used in some good ways? Yes. But move on from that. This is asking you to do the work. And I want, and I, I understand this stuff. When you do any kind of hallucinogen or plant medicine, what it is is you've got that clear conduit from me to unconscious mind or super conscious, and we're clearing the lens. What you see, now it's on you. So I'll let Ali answer this question, but I want you guys to really think about this. There's drugs that do the work for you, and then there's drugs that clear the lens, and now it's up to you. And this mm -hmm. is one of those things. So if you come in saying, how can this help me with addictive behaviors? The answer is it's the clarity to look at it more closely, but it's not going to cure anything unless you are ready to do that reflective work, period, yes. with any of these drugs. Correct. Yeah, I mean... I'll touch on that. I mean, that's what we say all the time. Ketamine is a tool. Ketamine is just a tool. The actual time in ketamine is this very short amount of time. All of the work is done outside of the clinic. It's all in the prep and the integration. Period. End of story. You need to be, you need to come in ready to actually change your life for it to work. Period. So regarding addiction, so we do work with addiction quite a bit, especially it's amazing for alcohol and it's also really good for opioids. It does work for benzos. Um, we have a slightly different protocol for addiction. Um, we pair it with what's called NAD. So that's uh, for mitochondrial health. It helps with cravings. It just helps generally help the energy systems of the body. But how that how that works with addiction, you know, it is our belief. And, um, you know, this is kind of this new area of addiction medicine, which is addiction is a symptom. Addiction is not a disease. Addiction is a symptom of trauma, period. Amen. End Amen. of story. It is, it is a way that you decided that you needed to cope, to live, to get through something. And then it gets to a level where it will drag you under just like everything. <laughs> this is the amazing thing about humans. We create these amazing coping mechanisms so that we don't die, so that we're not mm -hmm. crushed. And then if you cannot figure out how to let that go at the right time, it will pull you under like an anchor. And that's what happens with addiction. Um, and so what ketamine beautifully does is it allows you to deal with root cause trauma. Because in the Ooh. end, that's what you have to do. Because I can get you to stop drinking. I can put you in 12-step. You might stay sober. But being sober, you know, is not the same as being healed. Just because you can make yourself Thank not you. use uh, likelihood, and this is what you'll see most of the time during 12-step, is you pivot your addiction to something that's more Thank you. That's more accessible. Yep. That's either more accessible or more acceptable or both. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you. Thank you. Sorry. It just, yeah. I, I, I want people to say that so much. 
Yeah. And, and, and I watch a lot of people go through 12 step and pivot from addiction to addiction to either spirituality or religion or or working out or, or working or marathons out. or working yes. to death. Or and they say they're healed. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, nope. you just, nope. you've got a perceived healthier addiction that's going to be passed down to generation to generation. The cycle has not been broken. The opportunity for, for when you face what you appear, what you believe to be addiction, that's a beautiful opportunity for you to end a cycle. So somebody here right now is saying this. They're saying, oh, you don't understand addiction. You know, addiction is this. My father was an alcoholic, therefore I will be. Okay. Mm -hmm. The reason that your father was or his father was, it's literally passed down in lineage, lineage trauma that's superseding one generation to the other. Trauma doesn't not, not need to be your trauma. It could be passed down from your grandmother and literally be taught into you and felt into you, into your DNA, you just have the opportunity to take what you said, remove this symptom to erase a problem. And ketamine is one more beautiful way to highlight that so that we can wake up and heal. And that's it. Yeah. And that's mm. such a beautiful thing on healing in general. You know, people sometimes are like, well, the work feels too hard or I'm, you know, do I really have to show up this much? And I'm like, if you do not understand what healing yourself really means as a parent, because you can literally back heal your whole family line and then heal thousands of people, <laughs> like literally mm -hmm. by you showing up and doing the work, you are stopping. And not to say that that means that your kids aren't going to have issues. I mean, <laughs> this is the other thing, like, listen, we all have things we get to work on, but but you being able to really show and own your your trauma and what came up for you is like such an amazing gift forward for generations to come. And, and you know what, Ellie? This is something that people say all the time. They say it's hard work. I don't know if I can. And this is my response to that, because this is a response as a coach, as somebody who would even suggest an alternative therapy. It's this. You are a fractal. You are a perspective point of source. If you want to call it God, universe, or creator, you are that being. You have the opportunity to deeply connect with that being now by healing. And you're saying things like, I'll go to heaven, or I'll be in nirvana, or I'll move to this space. The moment is now, the present, the gift. This is when all that can occur. And if you're willing to put in the work and, and I actually challenge people, I say, <clears throat> I think the work is fun. They're like, it's not fun. And I say, you know what? You know what's fun? When I train for a marathon and it's miserable, but I know that because I train, I'm going to hit a certain number. I think mm -hmm. it's fun. My knee hurts. My ankle hurts. I'm bitching. I'm complaining. I'm in the rain. It's yep. Saturday morning. What the hell am I doing? I hate this you shit. Challenge yourself. But I'm still the maniac who says it's fun. I live my life in all aspects the same way. When I do this therapy, I'm going to be the person who I'm going to be bawling my eyes out. I'm, I, I'm an all in guy. So yeah. whatever you think might happen will happen times 30 with me. Yeah. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be laughing while I'm crying, while I'm saying, what the hell did I do? And then I'm going to under my breath go, this is really fun. And you're going to go, it is, isn't it? And I'm going to go, ah, because I get it. I get the, the insanity of feeling your feelings and taking all these encapsulated emotions that we've hidden for so long in, in our DNA and from family members. And 
what a badass opportunity to be able to heal your lineage and pass that shit on to your children or to those connected with you. What else could you possibly want from this video game we're living in? That is my challenge. I mean, you want to live? There's your hero's journey right there. Yeah. And it's also, I think there's two things there. Number one, when people say it's hard, I was like, it's all hard. Pick your heart. I mean, that's like my favorite thing. I'm like, pick your heart. Guess what? So being miserable is hard. (laughs) You know, being miserable, being stuck, it's hard. Actually, the worst thing for people, when you ask people, what's the worst thing that could happen in a year when they're struggling is nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Actually, the worst thing. Because which is a perfect, which yeah. is perfect for Marlene's question. How does one know that you have broken the cycle? I mean, I don't. I mean, number one, if you're working on something specific, it's have you actually healed the core wound that's causing that action to happen? I mean, are you actually uncovering and unpacking and untriggering that work? Like you know, if you've healed. Let me see. One of my hilarious things I work on is being hard on myself. And actually, I used to be like really hard on myself. And in one of my ketamine journeys, <laughs> I actually laughed at it because it said, it goes, okay, do you think it's real weird that when you're mean to yourself, you're then mean to yourself for being mean to yourself? Do you think that's stupid? And I legitimately laughed out loud and I was like, Yep, that's, uh, that's a good point. Universe, you, you got get, me there. You got a point. You got a point there. I see you. And I got to tell you, that is like down by 90%. Like the amount that I beat myself up is like um, tiny compared to it was. And so I know hmm. that that's a pattern that I have drastically shifted. I also used to have FOMO and never be able to sit ever, hmm. ever. I know somebody and, with that. No, somebody now, not me, not me. Somebody not in my it, house. It, I'm just saying. It. I'm yeah, just saying. I mean, and now I love being at home and I don't feel like I need to go out and I don't feel like I need to be, you know, party and I don't feel like I need to be the circus monkey at everything. Like, look at me. I'm so fan. You know, like that used to be me. And I don't need feel the need yeah. to do that anymore. I understand so. that a thousand percent. I understand <laughs> that a thousand percent. Oh my God. We've been talking for 57 minutes. Literally we got to like the 40 minute mark. I was like, there's no way we've been talking. This no, long. it's so, this beautiful. has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Allie, for being here. Seriously. We Thank always commit guys. to our, to our crew that we're going to end this in an hour. Um, we would love to have you back and talk about more about this. Of course, we're going to experience Scott's journey. Thank you, Scott. Um, I will participate in that journey maybe some other time, but we definitely have to get that on video as much as we possibly can. Um, thank you so much for being here, Ali, and, and, and sharing your brilliance and sharing your authenticity and your vulnerability in everything that you've shared tonight because it's important because we've obviously connected with a lot of people tonight. There's been amazing com- comments and a lot of breakthroughs with people just understanding the fact that we have to own where it is that we're at in our journey and we have to decide whether or not we're going to take the next step to be able to heal ourselves. That's why I've always been at infatuated with, okay, what am I, am I supposed to do mother ayahuasca? Because I know there's things that are trapped within my subconscious that I want to release. So I want to experience that. So thank you so much for being here tonight and sharing this tonight because we know that we've impacted people. I know that Margaret's in, in inspired, Marlene's inspired, uh, Robert's inspired. So many people are inspired. Where can people continue the conversation with you? 
And Allie, before you answer that, yeah. Colleen is actually um, interested. She actually had a good question. She said, how do I find somebody trustworthy to do this treatment? She's right here in the Austin-Westlake area. Oh, um, awesome. So you've got the B-Capes location. So speak specifically on that. Yeah, so we have two clinics locally in Austin. We have one in central Austin, uh, right near the UT football stadium. And then we have a clinic in B-Caves inside a wellness ball called Alive and Well. Um, and we're expanding that clinic starting in December. So if you're in Austin, we have two local clinics. If you're not in Austin and you're interested in trying to figure out, like, how do I find a clinic? How do I find a trusted practitioner? I help people with that all the time. We have a great directory and then I can kind of guide you on what questions to ask when you call, because this is an upcome, you know, this is kind of a, a little bit of the wild west. And so there's people doing it and I just want everybody to be in a really trusted, really great facility um, with people that really understand it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm happy to help you all with that. If you're, if you want to reach out to me, I'm at Ali Waddell on Instagram or our clinic is at Aluma Clinic um, on Instagram, or you can find us on Facebook, or you can Google us and look at our website. It's just Aluma is two L's and two M's. So it's I-L-L-U-M-M-A um, is Aluma, or that's me. Either way, the, all of my stuff links to ours as well. And it does, it does, it does. And one thing to add to that too, and I, and I would think it's very important, is on the journey as I'm, you know, diving into this and looking at my own healing for somebody who on paper, other people be like, you're pretty healed. You got your stuff together. You make sense. You're a good coach, whatever. And the fact that I'm trying to dive in more deep to heal the pieces that I can't quite see yet. Um, I want people to follow. Absolutely. And then the other thing I would definitely be able to do too is compare and contrast this type of therapy with a, the right person guiding it, you know, whether it's ayahuasca, San Pedro, mescaline um you know mushrooms acid um i guess maybe i've done quite a few things in my life but i can give you a really solid idea I'll keep with going scott keep going i i, I mean I'll, I'll tell you right now I, I have a rule of thumb even in my escapist days i wouldn't do the things that i didn't know somebody successfully had done so i'd never do heroin i wouldn't do crystal meth because i don't know many friends who are like oh i do meth and heroin all day who are successful so i'm like those are out and I would do the other things. And when I was in escapist mode, and once I went into intrinsic, how do I heal myself mode, I would be willing to try anything with the right person leading me. You yeah. cannot consider ayahuasca or a high dose of mushrooms in the wrong setting or without no. a person leading you. No. And so, bad, bad choices. Bad choices. No, no. And or that's why. Bad, bad, bad. No, no, no. Recording it at your house. Yeah. It does not end well. Not that, great. That's why I love Colleen's question. And I want more of that exact question from people who are here to be in service and say, these are real tools. They're not child's play. They're not drugs. They're tools so that we can grow and not beat ourselves. Like, we don't want to sit here and get high and escape, or at least I don't. I'm 50 yeah. years old. Anything that I'm putting in my body at this point, with the exception of a beer, might just be for something just to enjoy at the moment. But if I'm going to put anything else that's anything stronger, any capacity, it's for my own healing and growth, period. Yeah. So. <laughs> and Chris smoked something just to add to that right there. Cool. Ladies right. and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has been another experience of the unfiltered experience. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
Margaret says here, great show. Um, Marlene says, for me, art of emergent, art emergent is very powerful. Angel says, uh, been real. Christopher Roush and Scott Goyette, have a great evening. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Allie, thank you so much for being here. This has been an amazing experience for us. We're going to have you back. We're going to chronicle Scott's experience through this, and we're going to drive business to your experience. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, we're going to place you, you backstage, and then we're going to end this show. Don't go anywhere, and uh, we'll be right back. So uh, we're going to place you backstage. Let's see if I can do this. All right. Mr. Scott Goyette. Another beautiful experience here on the unfiltered experience. So considering that you are the main guy that's going to be experiences, what is your expectation for this journey? I'm a zero expectations guy because I come with that Buddhist mentality. Um, this is my thought. Everything that I do from this point moving forward is very simple. Is this helping the collective? Is this helping my extended sense of self? Is this helping others? is what I do in my journey, serving others while I'm still enjoying it. I'm all about enjoyment too. And I think it is super important for people not to listen to something and heard, Oh, I can do mushrooms or I can take ecstasy and it will help me heal. Or I'll go find some ayahuasca or go to some random journey with somebody who is just trying to make a nickel. The beautiful thing about this and the reason the universe plugged this into me is Ali is somebody who's walking the walk and healing herself. She meets a person who's exactly like that, who's got the scientific background, which should be important. He's an anesthesiologist. And so he's been working with ketamine, watching this workout. They come to this event in Austin. They see how this plays out and their intentions and their heart is pure in serving people. That resonated with me. I want to join this journey. I want people to explore either hallucinogens, plants, medicines, or other tools in addition to what's readily available. So my expectation is very simple. I want to chronicle this in quite in a very honest way so that I can see the changes in me and share them and say this might happen with you. So you're literally watching a before and after. I'm I'm somebody who you're already hiring as a coach. I'm not the guy who's struggling on the street making no sense and I want to get even more clear. I want to get even more in touch. I want to even have more depth in this world so that when I'm on my deathbed, I say, man, I really live this to the fullest and I shared my brilliance with the world. And so I'm going to be an example of that using this methodology. If and when I think it is a time to invite you guys in to do that, I'll certainly give the green light and you're going to see 100% authenticity from what I receive from this. And that's what I'm going to offer. So That is beautiful, brother. You have always been a light. You've always been the, um, the leading aspect of what it is it means to go through that exploratory journey of who it is that we need to become. So I respect and I appreciate you for that. We've had some amazing comments tonight. We've had some amazing in interaction. So uh, we just appreciate each and every one of you guys, whether you're here live or on the replay. Um, this has been an incredible conversation because ultimately we have to decide, you know, what level we're willing to invest in our own spiritual and physical growth. And much like you, Scott, you know, I've done um, I did Cambo. I've done a little bit of acid therapy. I did a little bit of mushroom therapy. Didn't. Yeah. So I've tried different things. So the more we explore how we can heal ourselves, I think is the major overarching message we're sending tonight. Well, we don't, we're not saying go plant-based, all this different, different stuff. It's like, just go find what works for you, whether it's a book, whether it's a blog, whether it's a video cast, whatever it might be for you that gets you out of your comfort zone and gets you to, to invite 
thinking about your perspective from a different aspect. I mean, that's what we're inviting here. That's what we're thinking about. When I did Cambo, I had a different aspect. When I've done other things, I've had a different aspect. So it's all about opening up our conscious mind to realize that there's more to what's going on than what we really process and to invite that opportunity to be vulnerable, to be very, very vulnerable. When you think about ketamine, you think about all the different modalities, you're in a vulnerable space, vulnerable space, but the opportunity for growth and the opportunity to listen and to, to learn from what's being said or what's not being said, that's the beauty. And that's the reconnectedness that we can do to get to source, get to enlightenment, get to whatever we want to do. So thank you guys so much for being here every single week. You're here live or on the replay. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, I just going through the comments. Um, Marlene says, thank you, Christopher. Uh, Tom says, no regrets. Marlene says you rock Scott. Um, it's just been amazing conversation tonight. So take this opportunity for yourself and think about what it is. Like Tom says, what are you willing to die for? What are you willing to die for? What do you want to be remembered for? What is your legacy? For me, I want to figure out every aspect, every nugget of what I'm supposed to learn. That's why we look at this plant-based medicine. Like for me, ayahuasca scares the crap out of me, but I know intrinsically, like in my brain, like I know I need to do that because I know I need to go through that journey to figure out what it is that I want to work through in this lifetime. So we invite each and every one of you guys to do that every single week here on the, un the unfiltered experience, almost said something different. Um, so we love and appreciate you guys. We're going to be here next week. We have a beautiful pair of people coming up. Scott, talk to us about next week's guests. Oh yeah. We got two beautiful women, um, Shira and oh my God, am I blanking? Okay. Carrie. Can't do this. Carrie, thank you. Sorry, Carrie. Punch me in the face later. I'm a bad man. Um, so yeah, they're they're awesome. And that conversation is going to be beautiful because they're both brilliant. They've got their own podcast. They do a lot of what we do, and their their attitude and their their brilliance and everything they bring to the table is wonderful. And they talk about oneness and they talk about how do you find yourself and all the same stuff we're talking about. And what I love is is, is from a, a feminine perspective, a slightly different perspective. And mm -hmm. it might sound very similar, but it's one more perspective and point of view. And we can't wait for you guys to listen to them too. We will see you next week, Friday night, 5 p.m., 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you guys here on the Unfiltered Experience. We love you guys. Go out there and have an awesome weekend. Go out there, be the change you bitch about. And we will see you here next week. Peace. Love you, superstars.